watching. It's whatever time it is for you. Welcome to Reboot. We are uh, spending some time chatting through uh, some stuff from the Bible and we just really want to reboot our lives. 2020 has been fairly difficult and we want to ground ourselves in um, the words that Jesus taught us. And we're a little bit hysterical this morning because we've recognised that what we've wanted to do was talk about lifestyle as Jesus intended it, how to live life well, and we really want to skip this next passage yeah. because it's too complicated for our little brains. Um, we've only got a short amount of time to talk about it and uh, whatever we say, I think we're worried, is it's going to be, it's a hostage to, to making mistakes or getting stuff wrong and we want to help you and encourage you and bring the word of God to life rather than make life more complicated. Absolutely. So why don't we just crack on with it? Uh, do you want to read the passage? It's Matthew 5, uh, 31. It's only a couple of verses. Yeah, what can go wrong? Okay, it has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Whew. So this is possibly the most controversial passage we would ever talk about, but I think we need to not duck it. Mm. Um, also, uh, I think we, we were talking before, I think we recognise that we believe passionately in scripture, that scripture we believe is God-given, it's God-breathed, it's everything that we need for life and for salvation. But we need to come humbly to scripture, particularly those of us that teach uh, and recognise we get stuff wrong, mm -hmm. that we don't understand the full picture. And um, um, how do we carry its authority without being dictating stuff that's not there? And this passage is a prime example of that. Uh, and just to get a little bit technical to start, one of the things I think is, um, I, I don't think the Bible translators have done us much help here because the Greek words here and the context of the first century are very different from what this reads like. So anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. It, it's actually talking about the words translated divorce are, are puts away, puts off. So, so there was a context where men in this time could literally get rid of a woman for any and every reason. Literally, it says in some of the, the writing of the, the people at the time was, if a woman burnt the food of her husband, or if she was unattractive, oh. he could get rid of her. Did uh, he realise she might be unattractive when he was marrying her? Uh, or just that his taste has changed? Maybe, or, 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 or the years haven't been kind to her. Um, which, is, which is just wonderful, isn't it? Because the reality is more on his side. <laughs> yeah, so it's that. Whereas he's just improved with age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no middle age spread really. Um, so there's something here of, uh, well, there was, there was a couple of, lots of schools of thought, but there was the marriage is sacrosanct and there is no way out ever until you die, to the, which comes up later in Matthew 19, the school of, is it okay for a man to divorce a woman for any and every reason? Um, and then there's the stuff in between. And actually there's a variety of practice going on here. And what Jesus, I think, is talking about first and foremost is blokes just throwing out their women mm. and moving on to someone else. And if he didn't give her a certificate of divorce, then it was adultery. She couldn't marry someone else because she's still married to him. 
and and you just totally done over someone's life let alone the emotional trauma of being cast aside so so jesus is saying here look you know you you are making her a victim if you just throw her out you know if she's and there's a bit about uh, except for sexual immorality uh, unless she's gone off and, and done something terrible you are making her a victim here uh, and and you need to sort this out but there's uh, there's other stuff Matthew 19 probably is a better passage for us to read because it's got much more spread but I think uh, we don't want to just take out proof texts and mm. make our arguments what I want us to talk about is what Jesus I think is saying here is is the cost and pain of broken relationships mm. and before we go on and talk about it ourselves we've got a guest why don't we turn to her uh, our guest today is a wonderful member of our church who sadly has grown up and left home and gone on to, to a career in another part of the country in Devon. Uh, so let's bring on Megan. Hello, Megan. Hello. Hi, Megan. Great to see you. So, Megan, you used to be part of Unlimited. Why, why don't you come to our church anymore? I wish I did. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I'm a doctor and I studied at Exeter, um, but I graduated and now I live in Plymouth. That's, That's exciting on all fronts. The fact you're a doctor, and sorry for calling you Megan, sorry, Dr. Megan. Dr. Joy. Dr. Joy, <laughs> Megan. Uh, and also um, that you are living in God's finest city. Mm. <laughs> uh, now, Megan... Uh, we are looking today at probably the most controversial thing we're looking at in our series of reboots. Uh, we're looking at divorce. I'm assuming we haven't got you on because you're divorced, um, but maybe you want to tell us your experience or your thoughts on it. No, I'm not divorced, thankfully. <laughs> um, so I, my parents got divorced when when I was very young, um, and. To be honest, it it wasn't that much of a big deal for me then, I guess. I think I probably saw more of my dad when my parents were divorced than I did when they were living together. Um, but at the same time, I've seen the effects that that has. So, so almost all my family are divorced. My grandparents are divorced. My stepdad's parents are divorced. My stepmom's parents are divorced like literally all generations of my family have got divorced and lots of them have got remarried and have happy marriages the second time round. but I also know that I don't want that for my future and kind of it brings all sorts of complicated questions about you know who when you know when what families look like and you know so I have siblings that I don't live with um and my dad died um a few few years ago now um and I hadn't seen him for six months um and I know that that wouldn't be the case if my parents were still married um and and also I've seen the damage that the church can do. Um, I think, obviously, my parents got divorced when I was really young, and 
the pastor at the church we went to was really amazing and um when my mum was getting remarried was really honest with them and kind of kind of walks them through you know yes this is not ideal but you know how can you do what god wants of you now um but i've definitely seen people be hurt by the church um there was a lady who at my old church she was asked to leave her job when she got divorced and people being told not to do you not being able to be in ministry and I obviously don't know the full story of that but I know what that looks like from seeing it from an outsider um and I know I know that I don't want that for my future but at the same time having been with two parents who were not happy together I know that just keeping quiet and getting on with things is not healthy either and so yeah I, I know I don't want it for my future but at the same time I think sometimes it's necessary and and sometimes things just can't be worked out and then how we deal with that as a church I think is really important um and you know to be loved is the most important thing I guess uh, and you talked before about kind of difficulty with family and that not seeing siblings shouldn't tell us more about that so My so my I have five siblings. Yes, five siblings. Um, and so I live with two sisters, and then I have two sisters and a brother who live in London. Um, so I'm the oldest, um, and they're all quite a lot younger than me. And when when I was ten, um, my mum and my stepdad decided that we would move to Devon. So I grew up in London, um, and that's where my other siblings are. And so that meant, you know, before that, when we lived in London, we would see dad and the kids every week. Um, so we would go over the weekends. And then when we moved to Devon, obviously there was like 200 miles in between us. Um, so that was no longer possible. So we kind of used to see them maybe two or three times a year, like Christmas, Easter, summer. Um, so I didn't see one of my siblings was born after we'd moved away and we didn't see her for a good like three or four months after she'd been born um and it's just kind of stuff you miss out on like I still absolutely love my siblings and now I have more freedom ish to go up there and see them because I have a car and I'm an adult and I can do what I want um but when we were younger just feels like we missed out on that um and I think I'm certainly not as close to them as I am to my to my sisters I live with, um, and yeah, I think I just missed missed that. Although I'm not totally convinced I would have wanted to live with five siblings. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, it's complicated, I guess, as well around grandparents. Yeah. Particularly with your dad not being around anymore, the whole thing around his family. So my, so my dad's mum 
I haven't seen since Dad's funeral. Um, because because she's an interesting lady. <laughs> um, we still keep in touch. I, I write to her regularly and she really appreciates that. Um, but it's really difficult because, you know, we weren't super close with her before mm-hmm. and Dad was sort of the one that would take us. Um, and now we don't have that. Mm-hmm. So... You know, my mum is really great. My mum, you know, is in contact with her, but that's, you know, that's a choice that she's made um, to to do that for our sake. Um, you know, I think she's not the easiest woman, and so it would be really easy to say, you know, no, I don't want to do that. You know, she's difficult, and but she she made that choice to to keep going anyway and I think that's really hard Mm. you know that's a really hard thing to do especially when you're in a tricky situation of you know things aren't going well and you know divorce is the kind of the next thing to then have to choose to keep on doing difficult relationships for your kids to make sure things are you know, they have a, a normal life as they can is is really hard. Yeah. Um, so credit to my mum. That's <laughs> amazing. Because it's hard enough when you're married and love each other to engage with the extended family without having to force yourself to do it with all the mess. And I imagine, not necessarily in your case, but the accusation of mm. of you, you know, you're not with my son anymore and things, mm. potentially. What were you going to ask? Uh, I was just going to ask, Megan, did you, do you ever feel a sense of, um, confliction or guilt especially when your dad was still around about spending time with one parent more than the other did you carry any of the burden of kind of the situation that wasn't of your making I guess is my question yeah I guess I did and I probably didn't realize it until actually dad died mm-hmm. so it was kind of okay because I guess I just thought that one day as an adult I'd be able to make a choice to spend more time and then suddenly I didn't anymore Mm. and I it really kind of highlighted to me that actually I think I wish I had been closer I wish I had you know been able to do more in a way that I hadn't really realized had affected me before Mm. Um, and I mean definitely things like when I wasn't able to you know see see the kids and you know, my other siblings, they they absolutely adore us going to see them, but it's really difficult and you know, life gets in the way and it's expensive and when you're, you know, sixteen, seventeen, you don't have your own income and you know, I couldn't just decide that I wanted to go up to London and see them. There was all sorts of planning and I I think I definitely missed out on being in their lives. Um and I had you know, I had my own life, which was great, but there was sort of this part of it that when people saw me, they didn't know, you know, often people thought I had two siblings, not five, you know, that, and trying to explain my very complicated family, people just look at you like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's really hard because it meant that I sort of, you know, often I just wouldn't tell people because I didn't want that look of like, mm. why? why yeah. and you know it wasn't anything i'd done 
you know, it's just the way families are. Yeah. Um, a, a massive for your mum to have to care for you in the grief and trauma of your dad dying, and whether you know she should have got you to see him more, and or that must be just such a mess for her. Yeah, and I think it it was you know difficult for her and my stepdad as well mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for her it was a person that regardless of what happened between them she loved him once mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that they didn't it wasn't just a shambles from the beginning you know mm-hmm. they they'd chosen mm-hmm. to be together and chosen to get married and that was all in her past but it didn't mean there wasn't still feelings of her and then for my stepdad that was like you know what's going on here this is my wife who I love and suddenly she's kind of mourning her ex-husband you know it's all mm. all very complicated and mm. um yeah I think just I guess in another way highlights kind of the damage that goes on for years and years you know it's not just that moment where you know there's the separation and but you know I guess there's stuff you don't expect that can come back years later and cause all sorts of trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Megan, thank you so much. That's so helpful. Good to see you, Megan. Bye. 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 Wow. Thank you, Megan. Uh, Helen, what are your thoughts off the back of that? Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, for Megan, her whole life seems to be surrounded by people who have been married it hasn't worked out and then the second time round it seems to have been more successful yeah. um but also that guilt that she carried having to having to choose who you spent time with and then i guess that choice being taken away when you're moved away yeah. and that isn't her guilt to carry but yeah, that's yeah. kind of normal yeah. human nature and just i love her desire to be close to her siblings yeah. that she doesn't live with and yeah. that's tough isn't it and she is amazing she is such a big sister isn't absolutely she? when you see yeah. her with siblings but yeah uh, and it's reality because because she demonstrates that, that, uh, that that's the bit one of the bits i think god really doesn't like of divorce mm. it, it's not he doesn't like the people that get divorced he does he loves them just as much as he ever did but but god's plan and intention was two people would marry that would be the context where sex happens because then there's no mistakes there's no babies born kind of casually there's no exposing our, our very depths of our being casually sex is in the context of marriage with the same person that then children can arrive in and those children have a, a stable solid lifelong context of, of parents that the parents are, are invested in each other and in them yeah. um and, and god god's that's the dream that was the intention which makes things much safer now that's not the reality for many of us even in, in marriages where they're together there's there's disagreement argument mess that kids get caught up in mm. but when it falls apart the biggest sufferers are the children yeah and it just it complicates everything mm. doesn't it mm. and i think what megan showed us was that it, it's painful yeah and you know when relationships are supposed to be loving and giving mm. when they break down it's just painful for everybody yeah. and we know that that that's why it's written that it, it's not god's desire that yeah. that happens 
Um, the reality of culture today is that it happens an awful lot. Um, and what I meant to ask her, and I forgot, yeah. was has it put her off wanting? I know she would love to be married, yeah. but actually, I wondered if there was a little bit of her that was perhaps worried that. Which, which we we don't know. But interesting, yeah. she said early on, "That's not what I want," which I guess yeah. none of us want. No. But she, whether there is that fear. Yeah. Um, and I don't think any of us. You know, we're both married, not yeah. to each other. Um, she always says that to me. She says, <laughs> not to each other. I think um, none of us enter marriage. Yeah. I don't think many people enter marriage thinking I can get out of this if I need to necessarily, yeah. because you know you're so loved up and you're so in love. But the reality of life is that it's flipping tough. It's tough. Duncan says it is being t being two, and then when yeah. you put, if mm. you have the privilege of having children, I call it a privilege through gritted mm. teeth. Um, it just adds to the mix and there's and, so many conflicting things going on. And some people would say, well, not consciously, but subconsciously, I don't want to get into a relationship because I could get hurt. I, I uh, very sadly on Monday, went to hospital to visit. It was a two-year-old girl who'd had a heart attack oh, um, and with her parents. And, and, and yeah, they were a Christian couple and, and we're still praying for them, for that little girl. Um, who, who's stable and doing okay, but but we just thought the the kind of imagine the the cost that she's she's been in hospital a couple of times and mm. the pain and heartbreak of that, mm. but you'd have it no other way. Mm. Uh, and it's easy to say that with a child, but actually the pain of giving my heart to someone who could break it is huge and can ruin people's lives. But God doesn't want us to hide from that mm. and keep our hearts safe. And, and Liz and I, when we were, when you say people don't expect to break up, Liz and I were married, Brett. Liz was like, we're going to get divorced. You know, what, what? <laughs> Not in, like, this is really brief, I don't want to be with you. <laughs> but, but just how, what an arrogance in the statistics for us to go, we won't get divorced. Mm. And it was a real fear for her, but we then made that decision at that moment, we're not. Yeah, that is not an option, so we're not even going to talk about it. We're not even going to, there's not a plan B. Yeah. So we've got to make plan A work, uh, which, which I think has made a real difference in our marriage because mm. when life's tough, when I'm irritating occasionally, uh, we've got to resolve it. Mm. So we can throw a lot of toys out the pram, but we've got to somehow work out how to get them back in because mm. there's no other way to go. Mm. Uh, and and I, it's harder these days than that because for most people the world says, yeah. if it's tough, if it's not fun, if it's not enjoyable, get out where marriage is not fun it, it it's a lot of emptying bins and cooking and and mm. and financial hassle and you're married to someone who spends money differently from you and you're married to someone who's emotionally wired different from you and that's fun and exciting in moments and challenging a lot of the time well it's just a life of compromise isn't yeah. it which you know, when you say it like that, it sounds exhausting. Yeah, it can be exhausting. <laughs> but actually, the, the joy of being married outweighs the compromise. But there are, you know, hills and valleys. Yeah. And the valleys sometimes come thick and fast. And, and you have to, you do have to work at it. Um, yeah. And, 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 and the, the church is really, and I'm sorry, the church has really messed people up. Mm. Like, like Megan alluded to. Yeah. We have hurt people in a way that it's, it's not unforgivable because nothing is, but it, it's it's not easily forgivable. Mm. Um, but that's not surprising because the church we're full of 
Broken people like you and me. People, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and COVID highlights the wonderful daily debates around how we review law and rules. Yeah. Um, definitely not. Is it time to stop? <laughs> the monitor's going on and off. <laughs> and, and so how do we as an organisation follow God's ideals of marriage for life against the reality of broken people and that some marriages just are unsurvivable? Mm. And, mm. And, and the church, we want to put a rule up where you can't break a marriage up if, you, if we just make it straightforward. But then we realise that doesn't work. And some of us are legalists. Others of us are, oh, but, but, but that's not okay. Everybody should just be able to be happy and be loved. And there's, there's, none of it matters anymore. And then there's no structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's how we find that not the middle ground, but almost hold the two together. That there's mm-hmm. forgiveness and redemption. And you can get divorced and get remarried and you're not outside of God's love and, and acceptance whilst also going... This is how it should and could be, yeah. but it's not always going to be. And I can honestly say, hand on heart, if I didn't have a faith, I mean, if God hadn't been in our marriage, I don't think we'd still be married mm-hmm. because I couldn't do it on my own. I yeah. couldn't do it in my own strength. And that's not because Duncan's hard to live with because he's he's lovely, yes. but it's just two different people coming together and trying to form a family. And even forgiveness. Like this is often, you know, if I did looking at other you know, people we know who aren't Christians, mm. how do you forgive someone in your own strength, yeah. even when you love them? Yeah. And a number of times, Liz has been completely out of order, completely wrong, completely unreasonable, and and she just needs to say sorry. And I go off and I pray and I go, Lord, help her realize what an idiot she is. <laughs> Lord, sort her out. And I find myself going, You need to go and say sorry. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm the innocent party here. But but God kind of not only convicts, but gives the strength. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not nice enough person to do it without God. <laughs> no, and I think, you know, we shouldn't underestimate that it's, it's hard and painful to get divorced, but it can be hard and painful to yeah. work at a marriage and get it sorted out. But actually, if you could just see a little bit into the future, once you've put that work in, where you can get yeah. to and the hope that can be there, um, yeah. It's, and it's and this is really hard after Megan's story because Megan's story is more complicated around because her dad died in the middle of yeah. it and there's all of that. But but I, I know well, we used to have a divorce recovery group at my old church. Uh, mainly, it was women whose blokes had gone off with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, just the, the devastation of that. But the thing that really struck me with some of them was it just never improved almost that they'd gone off and and the kids were growing up and every birthday every life event marriage children being born the pain of the brokenness of the divorce and and the broken relationship something had to be negotiated again whereas i know people who've lost spouses which is awful uh, and some some never recover from that but but there's something slightly cleaner Mm. of of you're not keeping hurting each other that you've got you've got the loss but you haven't got the the fight yeah. at every interaction yeah. Um, yeah and and so I, I think in conclusion uh we we need to say first uh god loves divorcees yes. and it, it's not about failure and rejection and unforgiveness and i think the church has not given that message strongly enough yeah. uh, and the church actually is, is 
written people off and written them out because that I think also some marriages are absolutely people need to get out of them and get out of them quickly you know where there's domestic violence and abuse there is already enough guilt and pressure and manipulation to keep someone in mm. without feeling that God's telling them to stay there um, so, so, so some situations people need to get out of and and also I think and it's quite clear here in all that scripture says about it where, where one party has gone off and having an affair with someone else or, or turned their back on the marriage covenant you can't hold the marriage covenant as a person so some people I know you know they've gone off some their partner's gone off having an affair and they felt they had to try and make the marriage work and they can't get divorced because that's unbiblical uh, and now they're caught with rejection betrayal and over an abandonment and this feeling they have to keep the marriage going you can't force someone to be in a marriage with you mm. um and and but i think the other thing is god does want us to work at our marriages and and most people we're married to are unreasonable and annoying uh, and and we need to keep going mm. uh, and, and i know when we talked before as well about marriage children and i just i i can't possibly speak for other people but but i think you know children get caught in in marriages that stay together badly and they get caught in in where divorce happens or breakdown uh, and how do we love and care for our children in the midst of it and i know people in there who's old as me who still a lot of their pain and brokenness comes out of stuff that happened 30 years ago in their parents marriage but i i, I think the lasting memory that I would like to send out is that actually nothing's irredeemable. Yep. You know, you talk about somebody going off and having an affair, but if if they ask for forgiveness, yeah, yeah. it can Sorry, be yeah. worked out and there's lots of relationships that have survived something yeah. like that if they're willing to work at it. And, you know, I, th I think God wants relationships to work. Mm. And when you bring God in, I think, anything can be transformed and i know several couples at least two um <laughs> several uh where they're old and just look like this sweet little christian old couple where nothing's happened in their marriage uh, and they've both had affairs but mm. and and they've come through and had 50 glorious years since um yeah but and we don't know the backstory and i think the other thing is um as soon as stuff is tough we need to fess up and ask for help yeah Absolutely. So marriage guidance, you know, counsellors now would say, yeah, if only we came sooner. It's not still, however late we go, it still can be redeemable, mm -hmm. but the earlier the better. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to admit you're struggling. And I, I am, so many couples who look amazing on the outside, life at home is really tough. Mm -hmm. And we put up this front and, and we just need to be able to say, look, I need help. Mm -hmm. And also, also, if it's church, we need to not interfere. The number of weeks. I think there are moments to say, is everything okay? I think I know couples where I wish I'd said to them at the going out stage, is this healthy? Rather than it becoming apparent once they're married, it wasn't. I think we as church have failed in that, that we all think it, but don't say it. That's not helpful or honest. But, um, but also uh, interfering people going, let me help you with your marriage. It's not, it's not a great option. <laughs> No, and I guess for children as well, however old the children yeah. are, ask to speak to somebody if you're still struggling with divorcing grandparents or parents or whatever. Um, 
Yeah, I think Megan has, has found a lot of comfort in talking yeah. about it. And that's why she's able to talk openly about it now. Also, there's hints of it in Megan, that that responsibility. Yeah. And you as a child, whether you're 10 or 40, cannot be responsible for your yeah. parents' marriage. No. You can't be their confidant, you can't be their counsellor, you can't be the one holding their marriage together. You're their kid. Yeah. And I think loads of uni students here now we'd see her are quietly feeling like they're the glue or, or have to be the counsellor and, and that's not fair or okay. No. Well that was cheery. Brilliant! And what are we talking about next time? Let's see if it's... Uh, oh, we're talking about lying. <laughs> <laughs> Making oaths, swearing. Um, but the, the, uh, Helen will say something beautiful and say, I just, we, as Helen said a moment, tried a moment ago to say, I want to leave you on a positive. I, I just think uh, the dream of God's intention of marriage and relationships, whatever we see in the world, whatever, however negative and broken it is, God has hope for us. Yeah. And forgiveness when it goes wrong. And, and all relationships have struggles. Yeah. It's gone blue again. It's time to go. <laughs> Do you want to pray, Helen? Yeah. Father, we thank you that uh, we are created to be in relationship both with you and with other people. And Lord, I just pray for anyone who finds themselves in a difficult relationship, whether it be a marriage or um, just a dating or any other kind of relationship. Lord, I just pray that you would bring your peace and your clarity. Lord, if it's... Um, advice they need if they need counselling i just pray that you would just hope them and prod them to take to take that advice mm -hmm. lord i pray that they would open their hearts and their minds to you to the thought of what could be to the transformation that may be able to take place lord i just pray that you would just speak words of affirmation over them that they would know that you love them that you are for them and that you will journey with them, whatever their challenges and whatever decisions they make. And I just pray your blessing on anyone who's spent time watching this or listening to this today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. And just to say, um, if you uh, stuff's been raised from this, which it would have been for many people, we'd love to chat to you if that would help. Mm -hmm. um, if you're local to Exeter, we're happy to meet up or, or chat on the phone. But if you're further from Exeter, just I'd encourage you, we can talk to you and we're very happy to, but great to find someone local, a church locally or someone that can help you and look after you. Thanks for coming, great. for being here. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Lord, I'm sorry for all that I've done. I'm just a
续。